0: Most mental health problems go by names that pretty much tell you what they are. Generalized anxiety disorder means you can't stop worrying. Attention deficit disorder means you're easily distracted and can't pay attention. And depression means your energy and motivation have sunk to a painful low. But bipolar disorder is not what it sounds like, and that's part of the reason that so much stigma and misunderstanding surrounds it. The Pocket Psychiatrist is your guide to a healthy brain because people need more than medications to get well.
1: I'm Dr. Chris Aiken, the editor of the Carlat Psychiatry Report.
0: And I'm Kelly Newsom, a psychiatric nurse practitioner and living proof that this stuff works. Bipolar disorder is a mood disorder where people cycle through periods of high and low energy. The low energy states are called depression, The high energy states are called mania when extreme, and hypomania, which means a little manic when they're mild. There are two types of bipolar, type 1 and 2, and whether your highs go all the way to mania or stop short at hypomania tells us which one of these you have. Bipolar 1 means you've had a full mania, even if you've only had one, while bipolar 2 means your highs have only gone to the hypomanic level. Nearly everyone with bipolar 1 or bipolar 2 has also had depression, but we'll get into that later. Mania and hypomania are both states of high energy where the volume is turned up on everything. Thoughts move quicker, speech is louder, and you're restless, hyper, and move around a lot. Ideas and plans come quickly, so you take on more than you can chew. You're also quick to react and can cycle through 15 emotions in five minutes. And you're quick to act. Even acting on impulse, doing things you might regret. Things like starting or ending relationships, buying clothes that never get worn, flirting with co-workers, aggressive driving, skipping class, giving lots of presents, or walking alone downtown at three in the morning unaware of the danger.
1: What really marks the difference between mania and hypomania is just how risky and destructive that impulsivity gets. During mania, people do things that are difficult to repair, while in hypomania, the things they do can usually be cleaned up after the fact. Here are some examples. Buying a car. You can't take it back, so that's mania. Spending $300 on home decorations you didn't need, but saving the receipt. That's hypomania. Going into road rage so bad that you chase someone off the road, get in a fight, and end up in jail. That's mania. Driving so fast that you get a speeding ticket. That's hypomania. Losing your job because you cussed out your boss. That's mania. Yelling at a coworker but patching it up the next day with an apology. That's hypomania.
2: I had a very public episode. I threw a rock at a big piece of glass on a library, didn't shatter, but I, I pulled a bench out of the ground. I was walking on cars because in that place, when you're manic, a car just seems so small. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything wrong. It just seems like something that you're having fun with.
1: Mania also tends to last longer than hypomania. It lasts at least a week, while hypomania lasts at least four days. And all the other symptoms, like the hyped-up energy, racing thoughts, all those are more intense during a manic state.
0: Today, Brett Stevens talks with us about his experience with bipolar 1 disorder. He has written two books on what mania looks like and how to move beyond it. Bipolar tends to start in the teenage years, between age 15 to 20, and it can come on as a mania or depression. For Brett, it began with mania, and it came on fast.
2: You know, I grew up in a pretty normal family, middle-class suburb. We all played sports, had a very good childhood. When I went to college, I had an episode and it was diagnosed as psychotic disorder, NOS. I had a hospitalization and essentially this happened three times in my life. And all three times I was was brought to the hospital without me really even understanding what was going on. And it wasn't until my last episode that I was diagnosed bipolar.
1: It took a while for the doctors to figure out Brett's diagnosis, and unfortunately, that's not unusual. On average, it takes about 10 years and 3 visits to mental health professionals to arrive at a correct diagnosis of bipolar disorder. When bipolar first comes on, it might look like depression, or even anxiety or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. The telltale manic episodes might not start until later, or they might be mild, as in hypomania, and easily forgotten because they didn't cause much of a problem. Drug use can also confuse the picture, as it did for Brett. Brett was using drugs before his first episode, so the doctors were hopeful that it was just a bad reaction to drugs and would go away. But when his third episode came on without any drug use, that's when he was finally told about the diagnosis.
2: I was really upset because it's like, hey, you told me that it was the marijuana <laughs> that was causing this. And then I stopped completely. And then seven years later, I had another episode. One of the psychiatrists I saw right out of the gate said, 100% of people who don't take their medication will have future episodes. And as sad and depressed and confused as I was, like that stuck with me because now I've had three episodes. I have a medical professional saying, like, just hear this. <laughs> And so I think that really was like the core of my entire recovery was like, I'm going to take the medication. If I don't take the medication, I'm pretty much setting myself up for another, another one of these things, which, which are dangerous and terrible. You know, then there's the competitive side where it's like, okay, well, I'll be the first one that, that doesn't have to take medicine. But then you start to think, all right, well, maybe I can lower my dosage. I'm still taking it. You know, you start to try to find ways to kind of hack the system. And and then eventually, you know, I just realized, like, no matter how hard I try, medicine is going to be medicine. I can do these other things, which I, you know, I do. I have a routine and meditating, things like that. But it just at a certain point, it was clear, like, just kind of let go and just like, let this be part of your life now. It feels like something that's a part of me, but not all of my, you know, identity.
1: 10 years is too long to wait to get an accurate diagnosis, and there are things you can do to speed up the process. This one sounds simple, but actually a paper and pencil rating scale is very helpful in making the diagnosis. Google mood disorder questionnaire for a popular one, or go to moodtreatmentcenter.com forward slash measurement. You can also ask a family member to fill out one of those for you, as they may see your symptoms from a different viewpoint.
0: Just make sure, though, that you haven't had an argument with them prior to them filling it out. Do try and find out as much as you can about any psychiatric problem that might run in the family. You know, families don't often talk about all this, but you can still learn a lot even if you don't know their exact diagnosis. Did anyone have signs of depression and mania that were misunderstood as anger, addiction, or personality problems?
1: Bipolar disorder tends to run in families, and it's caused by a mixture of genes and environment. There's not just one gene for bipolar, there are several dozen, and it's not fair to even call them bipolar genes because these genes do a lot else, and they can do a lot of good. People with bipolar disorder do tend to have strengths. They are more extroverted, warm, friendly, go-getters. They are more creative, natural leaders, and tend to have greater verbal abilities. And we know that those strengths come from the same genes that bring bipolar because we've measured those strengths, not just in people with bipolar, but in their relatives who didn't develop the disorder. So what happens that can change these genes from going in a good direction or a more destructive one? It's how they mix with the environment. These genes don't even cause bipolar unless they get turned on or activated by certain stresses in the environment. Here are some of the top stressors that can flip these genes the wrong way. 1. Drug use, including recreational drugs like cocaine or marijuana. 2. Stress, particularly a lot of intense fighting in the family. 3 medical problems, especially infections that affect the brain or head injuries, and for anything that disrupts sleep, including shift work, electronic light at night, or travel across two or more time zones. Actually, most of those stressors can cause any mental illness, but the last one, sleep disruption, is the one that's pretty unique to bipolar, You see, the main genes that cause bipolar are the same ones that program the body's internal clock, or circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm keeps mental and physical functions like sleep, appetite, concentration and energy running smoothly on a 24-hour clock, so that we sleep at night, wake up in the morning, and feel alert and motivated during the daytime when we need to. Those functions are also the symptoms that break down during bipolar disorder. Mania revs up energy, motivation, and physical and mental speed, and turns down sleep so that people keep going even on four hours of sleep. Depression turns down or depresses energy, concentration, and motivation. During depression, muscles move more slowly, and time feels like it stretches on forever. Appetite can go up or down during these states. Many of these symptoms are similar to what we see during jet lag, and bipolar and jet lag have the same biological cause – a breakdown in the body's internal clock. As a doctor, I often find myself frustrated with this word, bipolar, because it doesn't do a very good job of capturing what it's like to have this disorder. Bipolar means two poles – mania and depression. But people with this disorder live with other poles that cause pretty significant problems. There are poles like mixed states. This is where mania and depression collide, creating intense anxiety, physical tension, and an agitated, irritable depression. There's also the cognitive pole. Bipolar can make people have concentration problems that look a lot like ADHD, even when they are not in a mania or a depression. For better or worse, the medical term for all this is bipolar, but I prefer the word fragile circadian rhythm disorder. That word tells you more about the cause, and it points you toward a solution.
0: When we say that bipolar is like a severe form of jet lag, it's not just an analogy. One of the top triggers of mania and depression is flying across two or more time zones, because the sudden shift in sleep, sunrise, and sunset takes a toll on an already fragile circadian rhythm. I ought to know, I used to be a flight attendant. So if your circadian rhythm is fragile, what can you do to take care of it? The answer is to do some simple things at the same time each day. Things like exercise, meals, daily routines, turning the lights down at night, and most importantly, getting out of bed at a regular time. All of those things help set the body's internal timekeeper And when people get into those regular rhythms, they have half as many episodes of mania and depression. It's powerful medicine.
2: Morning routine, I'd say, is the most important thing. So that means I get up, I take my medicine, make eggs or a healthy breakfast, meditate, stretch. I do uh, a square breathing exercise, and like that's my morning. You know, like like I, I feel like I'm already letting myself go a little bit. If I don't do that, I'm kind of slacking. Once I started doing a morning routine that I was following, that's when I started feeling better. Like it was directly correlated to kind of like the discipline to do it every morning and feeling better.
0: Brett found that waking up at regular times was important. But what about going to bed at regular times? That would help, but we don't stress that because you have a lot less control over when you fall asleep. The best you can do is have a wind down routine that you do at a regular time. Dim yellow lights, soothing music, relaxing activity, meditation, stretching, aromatherapy with scents like lavender, a hot bath. They're all good ideas.
2: At night, I feel good. I think winding down is smart, but the way that my calendar is set up, if I do what I'm supposed to do all day long, like I'm feeling pretty good by night.
0: Brett Stevens is the author of Crossover, A Look Inside a Manic Mind, and the follow-up book Crossing Back Over, The Practice of Owning and Accepting Bipolar Disorder, both released in 2020.
1: Join us next month for part two in this series, where we talk with Brett about what helped him through the depressed part of bipolar.
0: If you're looking for help with bipolar, here's a good place to start. The Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance has local chapters in most cities, And the people who go to those meetings have a pretty good sense of which providers in their community are skilled working with bipolar disorder. Go to www.dbsalliance.org to find your local chapter or start your own if you don't see one there. If you like this podcast, well, thank you. It's the first in the series. Spread the word and leave us a review in your Apple store.
1: The Pocket Psychiatrist is brought to you by The Carlat Report, an independent publisher of all things psychiatric. The Carlat Report's books, journals, and podcasts have operated free of advertising and free of
0: pharmaceutical industry support since 2003.